So, uh, for those of you, how many people drive in this room? We have, like, actually, like, you have your license, you could drive. Awesome. So, you guys know that in order to drive, you need to get gas for your car. You have to fill up, you know, whatever. So, does anyone have a specific gas station that they really like by any chance? John, what's your favorite? Beep. Mm. Mm. We're, we're, we are not friends, but it's okay. Um, I, we can agree to disagree. All right, so you like BP. Okay, well, the gas station of choice for me is Hess. I love Hess. It's the green and, yeah, I know. Give it a second, guys. Come on. I love Hess. Let me get to that. So I love Hess, and I, I'm brand loyal. Like, I would legitimately, like, if I'm in an area where the, I, I'm running out of gas and there's no Hesses around, like, I would go to BP, and I would get, like, one or two gallons because... I just need to get enough ga- gas to go to Hess. And so I would go to Hess, and I would fill up there because there was just something about it. Their cash and their credit card prices are the same. The, the green and the white is just perfect. And they actually did this promotion where, like, you just take your receipts from there, and they, like, you traded your receipts in, and they gave you Yankee tickets. Like, these guys have been awesome throughout the years. Kevin and I went to two Yankee games two years in a row um, because of Hess. Like, they were great. They were my gas station of choice. So one day, I was driving down the road, and I've heard rumors. I've heard rumors of something changing. And as I was driving down the road, I look up, and I, I see my precious Hess station, and it's no longer green and white. It is red, and there's different words, and it says Speedway on it. And so I'm driving, and this is my legitimate reaction. I'm going to react it for you. No! No! Come on! No! No! I'm like yelling, and so the, the people driving next to me, they start pulling over because they're like, this guy's going to crash. And so, I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. But I was so mad, like, and I, I kind of was embarrassed at my, I mean, I was alone in the car, but I was embarrassed at how upset I got over the gas station choice. But I'm still upset about it to this day. Like, I love that, you know? And so here's the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing. Like, change, like, we, we sometimes, like, we hate change, but there's good change, Sometimes there's good change, like, like upgrade change. Like, for instance, I have the iPhone 5. And if you came up to me and be like, Andrew, you are my favorite almost youth pastor. Here is an iPhone 6. To me, like, and, like, but I need to have your 5. To me, that's fine. We want to change that. That is upgrade change. That is good. Some of you guys who don't have any girlfriends, you're young boys, right? You don't have a girlfriend. Now, when you get a girlfriend, that is upgrade change. That's a good thing. But when you lose her because you're in fourth grade, you're going <laughs> to... You're going to have downgrade change, and that's the bad change. We want the upgrade change. So my gripe is that if it's great, don't change it. And that's exactly what happened with Speedway buying out my beloved Hess. Something changed. Another thing that really irks me is this, because I have the microphone. I can talk about what bothers me, um, is the license plates. If we stick with this car theme. Like someone was like, hey... Let's pick a new license plate out. And honestly, I think the governor was brought blind. I don't know if he, he actually is. I don't know if he made that decision or not. Forgive me for my ignorance in that. But it makes sense because it's puke orange. Like, like those, I don't have that. I have the older license plate and I'm holding out. But I'm saying, who made that decision? So, okay, so let's get serious here a little bit. There's so many different changes that obviously if we can control, I would have Hess exist and we'd have really cool license plates. All right? So... There are so many different things that we cannot control, like so many different circumstances, things that happen, things that change, and then there's things that we wish we could change and that we can't. And so what I want to talk about here tonight is that we live in a fast-paced 
changing world where we can't really control any of that. And so when we talk about more serious things, more serious things that bother us, more things that kind of get to our heart of life, it feels good sometimes to go home. And when I, when I talk about home, I'm talking about where you can just get away from it all. Where you can, for me, get away from the, the, the loss, the death of Hess. Get away from those, um, those license plates. I forgot the name of them for a minute. Like, like the things that are going on in life, sometimes it's good to just go home and rest and get away from it all. Um, we know this, right? Maybe you would agree that it's relaxing to kind of get away from the world, kind of wherever that place is in your home. It maybe be a room, maybe a living room, maybe it's not, it's in the backyard. I have no idea. But whatever it is for you, there's a place to relax and it's, it's good. My dog even knows this. Um, when I went on vacation to um, our, my grandparents' house, this is a whole bunch of years ago, um, it was in North Carolina. And in North Carolina, um, my grandparents lived on a, a golf course. It was beautiful, but they didn't have a big backyard. Their backyard was really small. There was no grass. There was a lot of sticks and stuff. And so when we brought our family, our, we took our family there and my dog was there, um, she couldn't run around. Like, so we were there for a full week and she just kind of went out, did her business, came back, and she didn't get a chance to be a dog, I guess. And so when we got home, we pull in the driveway because we drove and we get out, we open the door. My dog runs in the backyard. And starts running around in a big circle, crying with joy. Like, like, ah, 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 like super happy. And it was the most adorable thing I've ever seen. And it's, but it's, if you think about it, like, that was really funny. Like, like, she missed her backyard. She missed being home. And so, like, I just, we just thought that was hilarious. But it brings up a good point. And the point is, is that there's something about having a home, an area that is just relaxing to us, that it feels good to just get away from it all and to go into whatever that is for you and, like my dog, just be super excited and, and be able to be excited about the rest that you will have. And so when we think of home, maybe, maybe different concepts come up for us. When, you, when, when I say the word home, you, some of you are thinking of an exact place. Man, you're picturing your driveway. You're picturing the street. You the mailbox out front. You know the way that the garden is or isn't. Um, the things in the driveway, the cars that are there, and you're thinking of an, a home. You're thinking of a physical place. Maybe it was your first home. Maybe it's the home that you're living in now. Whatever it may be, when I say the word home, some of you are thinking of an actual place. Some of you are thinking of not the home itself, but the people who live in that home with you. You're thinking of a family member. You're thinking of your siblings. You're thinking of that. And when you think of the word home, you're thinking about them. You're thinking about your relationships with them and how things are. And then that is home to you. Some of you, um, we can even think of home even differently tonight. You can think of it as a friend or a friend group. And like when you're just with those people, man, it is awesome. It is like, you know, you can just get away from everybody. And when you're hanging out with this certain group of friends or that one friend, Man, you can say anything to them. You can, you can, you're tight with them. Things are great. They feel like home. And so when we think of this word, we think of things that are, are very, could be very different for each and every one of us here tonight. And the definition of home is this, the place where one lives permanently, especially as a member of a family or a household. So the place where one lives permanently. And so when we think about the quote, this is home is where the heart is. How many of you heard that quote? I think everyone should have. If you haven't, just I'll help you pull yourself out of the rock that you live under. All right, so um, home is where the heart is. And so here's the thing. 
when we live in a place that is our, in our heart and we live thinking about something that, that um, we think is permanent, right? Like when we think of home, we think of permanent. We think of home base. We think of that it's not going to change. And so that's the thing that we think of. Um, going back to the example of my grandparents' house, I was there recently, and um, I was there for a different reason. I mean, like, like I said, a whole bunch of years ago, we went down there, and, and I just, when I think of my grandparents' home, I think of, like I said, they live in North Carolina, and I, and I see um, the beautiful golf course. I, there's the smells in the air that kind of remind you of an area. You know what I'm talking about? When you smell something, and it reminds you of when you're younger. And so, like, I have all these memories, and we would go down there, and, and there was like a porch that we would all sit, and we would eat like chips, and I would drink soda, and we would just before dinner, like, it was cool, you know, um, and there was all these different memories we have, and, and that's why when I think of my, my grandparents' home, that's what I think of, but we were there last year um, for a different reason, like I said. Um, my grandpa passed away a few years before last year, um, and my grandma was, was, was now in a nursing home, and so we were there, and we're, we're taking bags, and we're filling it up with, with stuff that we want to throw out. We're taking things that, you know, uh, we want to bring with us, and, and we cleaned out the house, and we, we load up our van with, with all the extra stuff. We had like a little trailer thing, and, and then we drove away, and that was the last time I saw the house, and we ended up selling it a few years later, and so that was like the first time in my life that it's like, wow, like this is real, like this, like all these, in my practice, I didn't get emotional, but now I am now, but we're gonna move on, all right, mm, back, manly, um, no one ever told me that there would be a day, I mean, maybe I knew, but I was a kid, you know, I was young, that we would have to pack everything up and move on. And, and my point is this, is that so many times that there's certain things in our lives that is home to us, and we think they're never going to change. But the truth is, tonight, they do. The truth is that something happens. Maybe you, maybe you had a home um, that you moved away from. Maybe it was your parents couldn't pay for it, or for whatever reason you moved, and it might have not have been a horrible thing. You just where you moved, you just moved. Um, here's a positive example: Chris and Angela just bought a home a couple of months ago. Give it up; that's awesome. And they moved from their individual homes that they grew up in to a new home. So it doesn't necessarily mm, wow. Slow down. It doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing, and maybe your home has changed. Maybe um, that is different now. Maybe your family, maybe something happened to your family. Maybe it's like when you were younger, like that you had an idea of how your family was to look, but then the divorce happened, but then the fighting happened, but then that event happened, that, that, that time where you, where you wish you could forget it, and, and everything began to change from that one moment. So you're, the way your home looked just kind of shifted. Maybe it was that friend group that you had where you were super close to a certain couple of people, and then what happened? Maybe there, there was a disagreement. Maybe you fought over a relationship. Maybe just they moved away for just a reason that is normal. Like, hey, my dad got a new job. We have to move. I mean, whatever it could have been, but, the, but life, for whatever reason, has teared you guys apart. And so my question here tonight is in an ever-changing world, how do we cope? 
Because the things that we almost, maybe you're, you're sitting here and you're like, wow, like I didn't even think that things could change. The constants in my life, I didn't even take the idea in my mind that stuff can change. Maybe that's you tonight. Or maybe tonight you're like, yeah, Andrew, I used to have an excitement about my home and my life, but then things dramatically shifted. And now I find myself not knowing what to do. Because here's what happens when kind of life takes a grenade and throws it into your situations, into what your home was and what you thought, and when things blow up and they, they, they change, what happens? If I took a grenade and threw it, hopefully we'd all get out of the way. I would never do that. But let's say if that happened, what we would do is we would cower. We would get down low. We would, we would try to cover ourselves. And when the grenade went off, we'd, you know, whatever. But some of us, though the explosion happened a long time ago, we're still cowering and we're still afraid that life will throw us another grenade. And so we're kind of stuck. Our home ha- is been destroyed, our heart and our hope has been in that home or in that idea or in that relationship or whatever have you, and it was destroyed. And so now we don't know what to do. And so what that can do is this, is it can create in us a bitter heart. It can create us like an ability to say, you know what, those people hurt me, I don't want to trust. That situation like, like really messed me up, so therefore I'm not going to go ahead and move forward and try to approach that same thing again? I mean, whatever it may be for you, maybe tonight, it's almost like because of what has happened or what you're afraid of happening, it's almost like life hit pause. Because as I've been growing up, I kind of realized that life, life will throw you some curveballs. Life can be dark. We're going to be hurt by people. And so tonight, either we have, an, we have a decision. We can either let that change us for the worse or we can let that change us for the better. Either we can, we can grow from that, or we cannot. Because here's what we need to realize. If my heart, if I build my home, what's at stake tonight is if I build my home in a, in a, for a specific place, maybe in a building, be it my, all my hopes in my own home, or all my hope is in how my family is, or all my hope is in that my friend group and how people treat me, if all my hope, if I'm building my homes in those areas, at one point, you'll sell the house. You'll move out. One day, your home, my home, will be teared down. It's going to be weird. I hope I'm not alive for that. That'll be weird. <laughs> your family, things will change. Your friends, things will change. And if I, my hope and your hope is in those things, if we build our home on those things, we will be disappointed. And so tonight, it's an, emotionally speaking, it matters where you and I build our home. It matters where we put our trust in. And so tonight, I believe that our Heavenly Father wants to talk into this area of our lives. I believe tonight that, that we can be able to just kind of see things from a different angle, make decisions now, and so when stuff happens in life, that we can be ready for it, but open it, welcome it with open arms. And I think that will change everything tonight. And so don't tune out as we're going to get into the topic here tonight. And so I want to read from Psalm 23. This is a famous psalm. And Psalm is a book of songs written by this guy named David. David quickly was a shepherd boy. He wasn't really going after high things in life. He was just, I'm just going to take care of these sheep. And then one day this guy Samuel comes and says, you're going to be king. And anoints him with oil and all this stuff. All of this stuff happens. All of this trial happens. Fast forward a whole bunch of years forward. He is now king. And he's writing these songs. And he, and he writes these things called Psalms. And in them, 
our lyrics, but we can get a lot of awesome truth from these things. And so let's go ahead and look at Psalm 23, verse 1. It says this. David is writing, and he starts off and says, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So what, what, let's just kind of break this down a little bit. David, what is David saying? He's saying to God, he's saying, God, you are my shepherd. And what does a shepherd do? A shepherd takes care of sheep, leads them, brings them out, gets them water, makes, gives them food, brings them, gives them shelter. When one runs off, what he does, he, the shepherd goes and, and searches for that one, picks it up, brings it back. And so a shepherd is someone who guides and leads. And so what David is saying here, he's saying two things. He's saying, one, God, I trust that you're guiding me. I trust that you're leading me. I trust that, that I need you to do that. And another thing that David is saying here, he's saying, because if, if God is David's shepherd, then what does that make David in this little analogy? It makes him a sheep. It means that he is a sheep. And let's think about sheep for a minute. I'm sure we've heard this. If you've been in anywhere in youth group or church, you've kind of heard that sheep are not the brightest out there. For instance, here's a perfect example. It's for some reason hardwired into a sheep to just follow the older sheep. And so it takes one dumb older sheep to make one bad decision to see a mass murdering or slaying. Ah, can use that word again, of sheep. So for instance, one sheep that's older will say, hey, look, there's a shiny thing over there and starts to walk and the shiny thing is on the other side of a cliff and he will fall off that cliff and all the other sheep will say, let's just go. Like they, they don't even think about it. Like, you know, if, if the difference between sheep and us is this. If you were like, Andrew, I'm gonna go lay in the highway and you did that, I don't think anyone else would be like, yo, that's a good idea, let's do that. But there's something in sheep that just like, it's almost like you hit a button and it's just like, yep, we're gonna go. And it just walks and lays there. Now, if you laid in the highway, I would pull you out and I would be like, what is wrong with you? But sheep don't think like that. Sheep are dumb, for lack of a better term. And here's what we need to realize. In this analogy, when David is saying, the the Lord is my shepherd, and if we kind of come under that same truth too, then that makes you and I the sheep. And so sheep make bad decisions. Like sheep aren't smart. Like sheep without a leader will just kind of run in different areas and just be killed off. And I think that's important because David starts this off with the, with the idea saying, I need your guidance or I'm going to be to my demise, go somewhere and fail without you. And maybe you're focused on what someone has done to you. Maybe you're focused on your family and how they failed you or that friend that walked away from you. And you're, you're hurting because of that. And, and I think tonight it's, it's important to realize this is that, that, that we are sheep and we're humans and we're gonna hurt one another. Even with a shepherd, we can still make mistakes. But ultimately, we cannot allow that to keep us from being led by the shepherd. You know what I'm saying? So if you've been hurt so bad by people, you, you can't, let that deter you from being led by God. And so we realize something that, that this world would be messy, and even with the shepherd, you and I will make mistakes. And so what's important is when life happens, when things blow up, be it a person does it to you or situations change, we need to realize right now, make the, this, the decision right now to decide how it's going to change us or not change us. 
People will hurt you. Situations will fail you. But we need to decide right now, am I going to shepherd myself when that happens, or am I going to trust that the Lord is my shepherd? Now, David says something crazy afterwards. He says this. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want is the next part of that. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. That's what he says. So there's a point where David has so much trust in God that he says, look, I'm not going to want anything. I'm not going to complain because anywhere that I find myself in life, whatever situation I'm in, I'm going to trust that this is exactly what I need. Now, that is not how you and I are. Like we, if we don't eat food for like 20 minutes, we're like, I'm starving. I want, and we start complaining. Like, I want food. Like, we live in America. There's, it's all over the place. Like, I need McDonald's now. That's kind of how we work. It's kind of sad. That's why the rest of the world is skinny and we are not. But David is, is basically saying he could be hungry and he could say, no, no, no. Like, I trust God enough to know that I need to be hungry right now. I, sh- I don't need to want something. Like, that is, that is be- thinking beyond what we're used to. Why is that possible? It's because David trusted God as his shepherd. And the question I want to ask us is that when we put our our hope in different things that are good things, do we trust that God can steward us? Or do we trust our own desire to control those things? David continues, and he says this in verse 2. He says, He makes me lie down. This is, he's talking about God. Makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So we can just leave that up there. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. I mean, these are all things that God does for us. And, that, and that's cool. Let's just kind of go through what he does. He leads us to what we need. See, I can't find rest and peace on my own. You ever have like an emotional attack or something where you just feel really insecure, you feel really upset, and you kind of just wish you could just like flip a switch and just be happy, you know, just change yourself, but you can't do that. So right here, David is just saying like, I realize that it's you who gives me rest to lie down in green pastures to lead me by still waters. That sounds like peace, something that you and I can't make. So he gives that to us. Then it says he restores my soul. Here's the thing. You only have to restore something if it was broken to begin with. And so what we realize here is that David is making room for the fact that in life, things will break, be it a home, be it a family, be it friendships, be it even possessions. We will have things that will be broken and need of restoring. And the question is, do we trust that God can do that? And then it says, he leads us in paths of righteousness for his own name's sake, meaning that God will take us from our current circumstances and grow you to be able to handle more, to be able to do more, to be able to have better attitude, to be able to grow from the hardship that you've gone through. And maybe you're sitting here like, cool, that's great. But Andrew, I'm going to be honest with you. That's not what's happening in my life. That's not what's going on. See, the problem, that we, the problem is we don't always get what we need. We always don't become restored because we kind of keep our hearts in a little box sometimes. 
You know, God is, is waiting for us. The grenade went off, destroyed what it destroyed in our life, and we are still cowering. And God's just waiting for us to get up, waiting for us to trust him with the pieces. And you and I, we're sitting there, we're cowering, and, and, and we're, we're wondering why our life isn't changing. We're wondering why our, our hearts still hurt, and it's because we put our trust and we built our home in things that were never meant to hold our hope. We put it in things that change, in things that don't stay constant. And tonight, I believe God wants to do that for you and I. I was hanging out with Kevin the other night, and we were just talking. I was telling him all about my message, really excited about it. And um, we just started talking about, like, different things that have gone on. And for the last couple of years, like, I, it was, like, one of those, like, realizations that, like, I knew was there, but I was kind of putting it off in my life, kind of just being like, no, nah, I think that might be the case, but, but it was really one of those moments where it really hit me. And um, basically over the last couple of years, I mean, like you work in a church, I mean, there's people, they come in and out like of your church, they come in and out of your life, you know, um, they'll, they'll be your best friend, they'll say great things about you, but, and you'll have good friendships and it's awesome, but then there's, there's times where people say horrible things and do horrible things. I've had friends stab me in the back. I've had people I've trusted with my life turn on me. I've had things change. I've done bad things too. I've, I've hurt people when I didn't want to and said things that I didn't want to. And so there's this whole thing. And I realized in that moment, Kevin was just looking at me. He's like, dude, he's like, he's like, you're shutting people out. You aren't always like this. You're keeping people at arm's length. And so this message is, I mean, if it's, you guys get nothing out of it, awesome. Like, I would hope you do actually. Um, but this is kind of where I'm at. I'm kind of realizing that, you know what, the grenade went off in my life at different points, and it's so easy for you and I to cower, to hide, and to put our hearts in a box. And sometimes what God is asking us to do is saying, Andrew, do you, do you trust me that I brought that person in your life for a time, and I took them out for a reason? That you did what you were supposed to do in their life, and, 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 you, and they're going to, you know, and that's it? Or are you going to sit there, and you're going to stand in the rubble and be afraid to move forward? And shut people out and build your walls high. See, that's what we do. When things go our way, don't go our way, and we lose what we want, we, we build our walls high. We, we try to protect ourselves, and that's a natural reaction. You're not sinful if you do that tonight. But our Heavenly Father wants us to live in a different way, and I think it all is contingent on where we build our home. C.S. Lewis says this awesome quote about loving. He says this, To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything in your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully, round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. And if we're honest tonight, because of what we lost, maybe some of us have our hearts in a cage. We have our hearts in that box. We're just like, nope, not going to give it to anybody. You know, when they want, they say, hey, come up for prayer. I'm good. I'm not going to open up to anyone because last time I did, this happened. Or when this happened in my life, like, I just don't believe things can get better. So I'm just going to keep it. Yep, mm-hmm, this is mine. My question is this, 
no matter what you face or what you faced in the past, do you trust that God, as your shepherd, can lead you out of that for your ultimate good? Do you believe that tonight? Do you believe that God can take what you've lost or or what you want, your ideas of how a situation should look and move you forward for your ultimate good? Do you think he he can do that tonight? David does. He continues in verse four. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. This is a man who trusts God. This is a man who is saying, God, I trust that that you're gonna bring me in and out of different seasons, and and I know you're gonna bring me through. And the one thing that I love is that this David, the king, he says, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. And something to think about, I don't know if this is exactly true or not, but I do, as far as why he wrote this, but when sheep were hurt, when they were wounded, uh, a shepherd, that's what they are, would carry a horn of oil. And in that horn of oil, when they would, they would see the sheep, it's all bloody, it would, they would take the olive oil and they would put it on the sheep in a, in, in a, in a way of fixing the wounded animal. And I, don't, I think some commentator said, perhaps David was thinking of that here, saying that you anoint my head with oil, meaning God, you, you heal my wounds. And so tonight, moving forward for us, Maybe you're, you're, the idea of home was kind of ruined for you, but moving forward, you can know that there's a God that wants to heal your wounds as you move forward. That it's something he continues to do. But also another thing that is really cool to consider here tonight is this, is that when, they would, when David would become a king, what happened? Samuel put, the Samuel, the guy who told him he was gonna be a king, he anointed what his head with oil. And so we see a God who can heal us from our wounds can also anoint us to a higher place in life. And in that, it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, meaning God's control, leadership, they comfort us. So we need not to stay away from that tonight. And as we close, as we go through this whole psalm, this is the last part of the psalm. We just went through Psalm chapter 23 tonight. Awesome. Um, But here's what it is in verse six. It says this. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we're getting to the, bo- the bottom idea, bottom line of our thing here tonight. And it says, what is the house of the Lord? But it's where God is. It's where God is. And, and tonight our homes are going to change. Our friendships are going to change. Things not always will look perfect. Home can't be found in anything. They can only be found in a person, and that is Jesus, and that is our Lord. And so tonight, what I want us to walk away with is this, is that home is found where God is found. Where you and I build our hope, build our trust, it needs to be where God is and a shepherd will bring us, you know, would bring his flock to different places so we can't settle in our minds or in our hearts on one area or one way of living or one, you know, hey, this is my dream, this is how it's supposed to look. But we need to be open to how God is leading because my home and your home will not be found here on this earth, but when we pass away and we move on to heaven. But until then, it needs to be found in God. It always is found in God. 
But on this earth, more and most importantly, home is found where God is found. And so I wanted to leave us with just three things to do. Three things to do here tonight and then we're out. Number one is this. Realize that God wants to be your shepherd tonight. God wants to guide you. Yeah, the grenade went off. Life is hard. I get it. He gets it too. Now let him take you by the hand and guide you to navigate you to something better. The same God that that heals your wounds will be the same God that can anoint you to a new position in life. Number two is take your heart out of its box. Trusting people is a hard thing. You will be hurt. But God will bring people into your life to bless you tremendously. And it would be a shame to miss out on what those people can do, what God wants to do through those people, what God wants to do through you for those people if you and I keep our heart away from everyone. Because our home can't be in an idea that was in the past, but it needs to be in God who's moving us forward. And so take your heart out of its box. And three, it's as simple as this. Be open to his leading. To know that our God is a shepherd. And he moves his flock from place to place. And in that, life doesn't have to be terrifying. It doesn't have to be scary. But it can be an adventure. It can be something awesome. But you and I just need to start trusting here tonight. Because home is found where God is found. So now I'm going to invite um, the band to come back up. And... What we're going to do here is Joe is going to sing. I asked Joe to sing a song, and it's called um, The House of the Lord or something like that by John Foreman. It's a really awesome song. It's all about this chapter. Um, And he's going to play that song. But as he does that, I I want us to just really take the words in, and I want us to really just respond to God, however which way you guys feel led to do that. Then they're going to continue doing worship. They're going to continue singing some songs. Um, But as that song is playing, just really allow the Lord to speak to you. Allow the silence to kind of come in and and just to hear his voice in that time. So um, let's just pray here tonight as we transition into that and really just allow God to do something in our hearts. So Heavenly Father, God, we thank you so much for your great love. We thank you, God, that you desire to shepherd us. And some of us have gone through really hard things. Some of us have have walked through the, the shadow of the valley of death, as it says in the scripture. Some of us have been in the green pastures, and, and we realize that, that life will always be changing. The only consistent thing that we can trust in is you. And I pray tonight that we can all make the decision before life hurts us, before we start to clam up, that we would just trust you. That we'd realize, God, that it's you who leads and brings people into our lives and takes them out of it. That in you, God, that we can find a new hope. And I pray tonight for the person that is hurting, person that's discouraged, person that feels like you don't care, I pray tonight would be a wake-up call. You're saying, come out under the table. Come out from the rubble. I want to take you home.
I want to bring you to higher places. That I don't need to, you don't need to be wanting, you don't need to be longing. Let me guide you, is what you're saying to us tonight. I pray, God, you'd heal our hearts of our hurts, that we would not push people away, but we let them in. You would give us wisdom how to do that, God. We know that there's certain things that can be really specific and really hard, but in that, we want to allow you to lead us in that. And so we take down our walls, God. We ask you to set the boundaries tonight. So we invite you, God, to do great things. And this we pray in your holy and your precious name, Jesus. Amen.